Hey, this is Pastor David. Thanks for plugging in today. I believe that this word from God will encourage you, challenge you, and help direct you toward your destiny. A new commandment I give unto you, Jesus said, that you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and understanding, and that you love your neighbor as yourself. Let's get right into the word. There's no one like our God, no one at all. Gave his son for us, Jesus the Lord. Who can love us like he does? Welcome back, friends and family, to this episode of Daily Bread. Pastor Dave here in the podcasting studio talking about the Ten Commandments. Last time we spoke, I started this series talking about the First Commandment, and I think it is fundamentally important, one, to know the commandments, and two, to know the author of those commandments. You can't know God apart from His Word, and sometimes we mistake familiarity with knowledge. If the Ten Commandments don't make you feel closer to God personally, my guess is that you're only familiar with them. You're only looking at them from this old mindset of here are the things that God has told me I can and cannot do. But what the Ten Commandments actually reveal is a loving God who cares desperately about his people and wants them to care about one another. We already learned that the recipe for good world is found within the Ten Commandments and that God is the one who freed us. He is a good God, and he desires for us to remain free. He didn't free us so that we would come into another sort of bondage. He freed us because he wants us to remain free, and he wants, above all, for us to be kind to other human beings, and we never look more like God than when we're being kind to one another. Let's look at the second and third commandments. The second commandment is found in Exodus 20 and in verse 3. It says this, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Most people reason that this commandment only prohibits the worship of idols and the worship of gods like the ancient gods, little g, of rain and fertility and other nature gods and chief gods like the Roman Jupiter, and the Greek Zeus. However, there is a major problem with that type of understanding. Since no one today worships these gods, let alone idols made of stone, most people think that this commandment is irrelevant to modern life, that it doesn't really fit in today's culture or today's society. The irony is that this commandment is not only relevant to modern life. It's, in many ways, the mother of all the other commandments. It's so relevant today because we have as many false gods today as the ancients did. Gods like money, fame, self, and nature. 
among many, many others. And what makes this the mother of the other commandments? Because if we identify false gods and avoid worshiping them, we eliminate one of the greatest barriers to a good world, and that is false gods. Let me start by defining a false god. The point of biblical monotheism is that there is only one God, and that only this God, the creator of the universe, who demands that we keep these Ten Commandments, is to be worshipped. Why? First, because one God means one human race. Only if we all have the same creator or father are we all brothers and sisters. Second, having the same parent also means that no person or group is intrinsically more valuable than any other group. Third, one God means one moral standard for all people. It means one truth, the truth, one bedrock, Jesus Christ. If God declares that murder is wrong, it is wrong for everyone. And you can't go to another God for a different moral standard. When anything else is worshipped, bad things result. Not only things that can obviously lead to evils, like the worship of power, or the worship of race, or the worship of money or flag, but also things that are almost always seen as beautiful, such as art, or education, or even love. Yes, even love can be put up as an idol before God. Any of these often wonderful things, when worshipped, can lead to terrible results. Take art, for example. Many of the cruelest humans in history loved beautiful music and beautiful art. Great music can be used to inspire people to follow evil just as much as it can be used to inspire people to do good. Let's look at education. We all recognize how important education can be from preparing people to find work to understanding the world. But education in and of itself, divorced from the higher ends of God and goodness, can and has led to the greatest kinds of evil. Many of the best educated people in Germany supported Hitler and the Nazis. Nearly all of the Western world supporters of the genocidal regimes in the Soviet Union and China were highly educated individuals. There is nothing about a PhD that makes a person wiser or kinder or more ethical than someone with only a high school education or perhaps less. The same is true even of love. Love is beautiful, but it too can lead to evil without God, which is why we always say truth and love, always together and never apart. Imagine for a minute your beloved pet and a total stranger are drowning. Which do you save first? If love is an end in itself, you save the pet. If you hold human life as a higher value than the love you feel, then you won't follow that love, and you'll save the human first. This is ethical monotheism. Worship the God of the Ten Commandments 
and you will make a good world. Okay, let's shift gears and discuss the next great commandment. Consider this question. Is there such thing as the worst sin? One sin that is worse than all the others. Well, there is. There's some confusion about this among believers who reason that ah, sin is sin. And we can't declare that any one sin is worse than another. To God, sin is sin. And I know we've all heard that being taught, and there is a place for that idea or that sentiment. But without wisdom, this reasoning makes no sense at all. As if stealing someone's stapler is the same as murder. It isn't. Here's the wisdom. We are all guilty of sin. We all fall short of God's glory. And by that standard, sin is equal. By that standard, sin is sin. However, the Bible teaches that there are seven sins that God hates above all others, demonstrating that there are some sins that are much worse than others. The Bible also teaches that some sins actually carry greater consequences than others. And two sins, the Bible describes, are not pardonable at all. So whether you know it intuitively or biblically, most people realize that some sins are clearly worse than others. We must be confident that God has at least as much common sense as we do. The God of heaven does not view the theft of an office stapler and the murder of a human being as equal. So then, what is the worst sin? The worst sin is committing evil in God's name. How do I know? From the third commandment. This is the only one of the Ten Commandments that state that God will not forgive a person who violates this command. Listen to Exodus 20 and verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now let me quell that panic that may have risen inside of you just now. Most people think it means not to cuss or to say God's name for no good reason. So something like, oh God, did I have a hard day? Or I swear to God, somehow violates the third commandment. But that interpretation presents a real problem, and it also chips away at the relevance of the Bible. It would mean that God could not forgive the violation of any other command, like stealing, adultery, and murder. But if you said, God, did I have a hard day, you would not be forgiven. This would render God and the Ten Commandments morally incomprehensible. What's interesting is the word we translated take in the Hebrew is the word carry. Do not carry the name of the Lord thy God in vain. If you're reading from another translation, your Bible says misuse rather than the word take. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, which is much closer to the original intent. What does it mean to carry or misuse God's name? It means committing evil in God's name. And it is that which God will not forgive. Think about it. If somebody that isn't religious does something evil, 
it doesn't bring God and religion into disrepute. However, if you do evil in God's name, you bring damage to the name of God. The most frequent argument against God and religion concerns evil committed in God's name. People say things like, well, the Crusaders used the name of Christ, and Islam uses the name of Allah. Either way, religion is terrible. People who murder in the name of God don't just kill their victims. They can actually kill the hope of God in the hearts of those who are witnesses. That's why the greatest sin is religious evil. It's not some bad word you said out of an emotional frenzy or some careless phrase like, God, I had a hard day. It's joining the good and holy God to deplorable acts, and it will not be forgiven. God is a giver. He is love. He is kind. He is long-suffering. He fiercely desires for you to know that you know that he is an affectionate father who cares for his people. I believe that the more clearly you see the Ten Commandments, the closer you'll feel to God personally. He wants to be the center of your worship and devotion, and he cares that his family, your brothers and sisters in humanity, recognize that he is a good, kind, and loving God. We've been talking about the Ten Commandments and what they reveal about God. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Daily Bread. Make sure to explore our archive of messages on YouTube by typing Strong Tower Casper in the search bar. Thanks again for listening. Without your faithful support, we wouldn't be able to do the work that God has called us to. If you know someone who would be blessed by what you just heard, please pass this along. At Strong Tower, we believe that you are a unique expression of God's love and creativity, and we consider it an honor to be a part of your journey. There's no one like how